Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. My name is Harriet Kamek, and this is the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And so today we're going to talk about a matter that is a very, it's very significant to all of us and should be to the wider population at large. And it talks about the equal rights of mankind. But today being 76 days, 75 days leading up to the election, the next 75 days leading up to the election. It's important to recognize that we're in the midst of the Democratic National Convention. And so far, we have heard some powerful stories from former First Lady Michelle Obama, from next First Lady Jill Biden, from the, uh, from the former President Barack Obama, from pre- former President Bill Clinton, from Republicans, amazingly, including a former governor of Ohio, amazingly, and we've heard from a variety of speakers, and they all seem to be echoing the same tune, and that is that we need to vote in November, right? So those of us who are voting, make sure you're registered, make sure you get your stuff together, and be prepared for long lines to wait, and if you must, wait in line. It is important. It is that important to do so. But today I want to talk about the Equal Rights Amendment. Uh, it's it's We just got kind of, if I were switching to CNN, you would see where Steve Bannon, a former associate of President Trump, a man who was uh, an architect of the racial divisions in this country, who threatened everything up and down the the line to make sure that America stays divided, who encouraged white nationalists to continue to persecute black people, including myself. That man was recently was just arrested and indicted for, of all things, for defrauding donors to build the wall. Imagine that. Just imagine that. This is a man who said he was a billionaire. He was a, 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 a capital. Uh, he owned a company that provided capital to entertainment uh, uh, institutions in Hollywood, and yet you're defrauding a donor scheme? Seriously? But he was. He was indicted this morning. He's indicted and arrested, right? This begins the long trail of former Trump associates who are going to be headed to court for all sorts of issues, and it has just begun. The the gloves are just off. It's just the craziest thing I have ever heard. Just right in front of us, glaringly, they profess policies and supported policies that would hurt Americans, who that would hurt people of color, and it's like no one was listening. It's like nobody cared. It's like it's America just for white people. It's America for only the people whom they think about who are people who support their agendas. I mean, it's killing the, the space here, all the updates from all the major news cycles. It's just the craziest thing ever. So you might be wondering, why are we going to talk about Equal Rights Amendment in 2020? That's the same question I asked myself. I found myself asking this question a couple of days ago when I was preparing for a show that I did on how racism impacts uh, black women in the workplace. And I, I was reading more material and the more I read on it was the more it became glaringly, uh, appear, you know, glaringly apparent to me that black women in the workplace are not only mistreated and ignored and sometimes our expertise questioned even when we are qualified in the area, and we are subject to more microaggressions. You know what microaggressions are? 
Microaggressions are the little things that people do that are racist but are ignored. People ignore it. When it happens to a black person, it's ignored. But if a white person feels uncomfortable, oh, my God, they're going to change the policy. Well, over time, these kinds of microaggressions add up, and it makes black women tired. That was the subject of my previous podcast. But while I was doing research on this, it became apparent that, wait a second, we still aren't ratified by the Constitution. If you're going to believe any of this stuff, you're going to believe that the Equal Rights Amendment has not been ratified by the Constitution. The Constitution requires 38 states to agree, and so far we're missing just one state to do it. Virginia finally did it, and you know how that was accomplished? Black women in the Virginia legislature were the ones who voted and pushed the vote forward for it to be ratified, but it still has not been ratified. Under a Republican-led Senate, it has not passed the Congress. Are you listening to me? And you wonder why Steve Bannon got indicted? Well, because you have a group of people in the country who like the country divided. They seem to not want America at all, what America has become. They are more interested in the America of the 1950s that promulgated a racial division and racially divided policies that subjected black people in particular. These policies were not for every person of color. They were directed at black people, the undermining of black people, the enslavement of black people that it seems some people still can't get over. It seems some people still think that they need to have a slavery mentality in order to win, in order to rule, in order to live. I am just telling you the truth. I, I'm not, we're not going to hold back. This is a podcast, by the way, in which we don't hold back. We just tell it like it is. I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm just going to tell you like it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it because I'm a black woman. I walk in my skin and live in my skin. I have been subject to microaggressions as if I don't have feelings and I don't have pain and I don't experience uh, feelings. I don't experience validation and I don't experience insults. I set up a shelter for uh, women who have been hit by human trafficking and who were trafficked as children. I can't begin to tell you the level of scrutiny that I received, even from the Department of Homeland Security. When I called them, I told them I had people in my shelter who had identity issues because their identifications were stolen. They interviewed my victims as if they were not people. I had to say, back up, wait just a minute. If a white woman, you know, it's just the craziest thing ever. I have to look at them like, I know you all checked me out already. And I know I passed your, your, uh, your investigative analysis. I know I did because you wouldn't be here to talk to me if you hadn't determined that I'm not a criminal. You see what I'm saying? But these are the microaggressions that people are, that women of color are subjected to. I got it even from within my own ranks. Like, Who told you you could do this? One woman whom I hired to write a grant with actually told me she was white. She said, they're not going to give you the grant because they're not going to. I complained to the Red Cross of Southeast Michigan. I said, this ain't going to fly for me. You're all doing some bad stuff out here, and you don't want to give me a $5,000 grant so I could effect some repairs on the shelter. Man, they fired the white woman who was in charge. They put somebody else in charge, but it's the same mentality. In other words, what I'm saying is when you, when you encounter racism in the workplace, understand that the culture of the workplace is what promotes it. It's, it's not 
just that the person as an individual just assumes a racist stance, they know that they're carrying out the edict of the organization. People don't operate in a vacuum. It's just like Barbara Ferdita at, at ABC. When she was at ABC and called, said that she, they weren't asking Robin Roberts to go pick cotton. She didn't say that in a vacuum. She said that because she was confident that the leadership of ABC would back her up. So it's the culture in the workplace. But we still need the individual removed because they need to go because they were cruel and wicked in what they did. Until the leadership and ownership of the organization structure is shaken to their core, they never will get it. I want to ask those of you who own a Chase Bank account, how many fees have you paid? Just think about that. If you're a person of color, how many fees have you paid? Well, think about what Chase is. Chase is also an organization. Chase Bank is also an organization that is dedicated to the eradication of not making sure they never give people of color loans to start businesses. I just read a story about a man named Byron Allen. You, you all know of him? He owns a company called Allen Media Group. He said it took him 15 to 20 years before he could get a loan to start for his business. He just never quit. He just never gave up. 15 to 20 years. So right now, he's buying out every media structure that he can. You know who is supporting him? more? I agree. He said one day he's going to own CNN, CNN and he will. And I'm like, I'm here for it. I am here for it. You look at CNN and the plethora of white anchors on a daily basis is, is, is startling. It, they're all white. What, what the hell? They're all white. They put Don Lemon, Don Lemon on at 10 o'clock at night. Van Jones, is he still on? I don't know. It's, it's almost as if when they, do, when they put a black person on, they're doing you a favor. It's a favor. And I'm like, seriously? Seriously, I kid you not. And people are making this big deal about how we've chosen Kamala Harris as the VP. This is a big deal. The Equal Rights Amendment has not been ratified. It was brought up after Virginia voted to be the 38th state. A Republican-led Senate under Donald Trump did not want to ratify this and add it to the Constitution. That's a big deal. Guess what? Under Biden-Harris, it's going to be done. So hold on, folks. We only have 74 days for this nightmare to be over. I kid you not. This is a nightmare. I have to go to sleep every night wondering if Russia is going to march up into Alaska and point some stuff over here. Every night I go to sleep and I wake up from a nightmare where Russia is pointing stuff at America. Every night. Because we have a group of people who would rather tear the country apart so that they can hold on to power. Why? Because they love power. Don't the rest of us love power? Yeah. I have some radio stations I've wanted to buy since 2009. I have some media houses, some TV stations around town that I think I could revamp. And if I own them, I could provide more opportunities for women like myself. I have some stuff. I want, to, I want to do that. I have a company called Harry Kamut Media. You best believe HCM is going to do exactly what I want to do. If it takes me the next 50 years, I'm going to do it. If I have to live to be 120 to get it done, I am going to do it. I ain't joking with this. Because this has got to stop. And let me put it into perspective why this has got to stop. For every dollar a white man makes, 
a white woman makes 79 cents to 81 cents, depending on the state. There's a whole bar graph on, on a breakdown state by state of what black women make. I, I, I stopped reading it after a while because it, I want to have a good Thursday. It's weird till Thursday. And I wanted to have a good Thursday. So I stopped wearing it. I stopped reading it. Why? Because it's mind-blowing. For all the advanced degrees that black women have, we still can't get paid equally. This is mind-blowing. So we want equal rights. See, you've got to understand that historically, women's rights were not about black women. Black women have always been the enslaved party, the, group, the maids. We always had to leave our children with grandmama and mom and them so we could go clean up the white woman's house. So women's rights didn't start for black women. It started for white, by white women for white women. White men were going to listen to who first? The white woman. They were going to listen to their wives and girlfriends and mistresses. They were never going to listen to us. So by the time white women started fighting, we were like humbug. We've been trying to figure this out, but trying to organize going to work for centuries and leaving our children at home. We've always had to face childcare issues. Those have always been issues that black women face. So the women's rights movements were never about rights for, for black women. It was always about the rights for white women. Do you understand what I'm saying? So put that into perspective, if you will. So when they're talking about women's suffrage, they're not talking about women in general. They're talking about white women wanting to vote. Black women still couldn't vote for hundreds, for decades after the Women's Suffrage Act was passed and women could vote. Black women still couldn't vote, especially in southern states. Imagine that, Alabama and states like that. I love you all, but you all need to get it together. Get out of your, your feelings or what your ancestors told you, the, the vitriol and the hatred that your ancestors passed on because they wanted to retain power over people. It's almost as if it's not enough to just have economic power, but you also want to have power over people. So you choose a group of people who are the most likely suspects. Man, it's the wrong century for that. Wrong day, wrong time, wrong year, and wrong people. Because this group of people are not going to put up with what our ancestors put up with. And I'm calling out Generation Xers, of which I'm one, right? Because we sat back and went along to go along. And now our children, our, our children, millennials and Generation Z, are the ones who have to be on the front lines fighting back. Because we sat back. Our parents and grandparents stood up to the dogs, stood up to the beatings, stood up to the imprisonment. But we sat back and went along to get along, thinking they would include us into their country club, thinking that their inclusion of us into their country clubs would validate our existence as human beings. We, we sat back and let them determine how far we were going to go by going along to get along, being afraid of being imprisoned and being beaten just like our parents. But our children said, hell no, we're not putting up with that. We're going to fight until all the streets are fighting until we achieve equal rights under the law. Doesn't the Constitution say that all men are created equal? So did the, was the Constitution originally written to say all white men? Did it amend itself to say all white men and white women? 
I want to know. I just want to know. Because how is it that in 2020, a Republican-led Senate would not ratify Equal Rights Amendment under the law? And on the anniversary, just a few days ago, few weeks, a few days ago, the president said he's going to pardon Susan B. Anthony like a hundred and something years later. Like she's been dead for almost a hundred years. It's like crazy, dude. Like which century are you living in? What are you trying to do? Trying to get the women's vote? That ain't going to fly. You still believe in grabbing women by the pee. We still don't like how you don't love your wife. Come on now. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Are you hearing me? So, the equal, will the ERA finally get added to the Constitution is a question. It was initially drafted by women's suffragist Alice Paul in 1923 and was finally approved by a Democratic-led Congress in 1972. 1923 to 1972. But the amendment, which was first written only two years after white women were granted the right to vote, fell just three states shy of being officially added to the Constitution. And and millions of black women, women of color, and working class women did not get the protections afforded by the amendment. Today, the ERA is just one state away from being added to the Constitution. But will it be done? Will it? A Republican-led Senate, who hates women anyway, who hates women's rights, is not going to give equal rights to black women and women of color. And this is why it's important for women of color. So all you ladies of Arab descent and uh, Asian ethnicity, you tend to think that you are white and you identify as white. Yeah? You do not realize the extent to which when we march and say equal rights for us, black women and women of color, because we come in a variety of shades, you don't realize how much it impacts you. You think that this is only for black women, but you slyly under the sly are protected when, you, when the amendment is passed. There are women of color in STEM fields, in the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, who have to leave because of hostile environment. A lot of you have to, because the environment is a white male-dominated space and just does not encourage women to be there. I've talked about this endlessly, how there's so much hostility in the workplace and in workspaces that women sometimes encounter uh, uh, situations where they're treated. And those conditions are considered hostile because you can't proliferate. Black women don't advance even when they're the most qualified. We are dismissed. It's almost as if the trajectory to the top was not designed for us because it was designed by white men. Those forms of microaggressions must stop. Those forms of racism must stop. This wide jack pay scale and pay gap must end. This is ridiculous. Black women are an integral part of this country. We're the backbone of the country. We're always the ones fighting, organizing. We're always the ones who are cleaning up the messes, whether we are hired in as the the, the mid-level administrator who has to clean up everybody else's messes. We're always the first ones, the last ones hired, and the first ones out. Nobody ever stands up to defend a black woman in the workplace. Nobody. 
She's always pilloried and picked on. Her performance is constantly evaluated day by day by day. That is the most ridiculous, and I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. I'm mobilizing black women so you know you must stand tall. We're always the ones who have to go form an LLC to survive because we can never get funding for our enterprises. But a white girl comes up with some idea she wants a yoga studio or a juice bar, has no freaking plan. It doesn't make any sense. She walks into Chase Bank, yes, Chase Bank, and she gets a five-year line of credit. She stays in business for five years, and you're like a black man, a black woman who has the same idea, can't get started. That's, that's racism, plain and square. It is what it is, racism. It is what it is when a man, a white man like Steve Bannon can stand up before public media and say, encourage white nationalists to do whatever they want to do, and he didn't get, he didn't get pulled down. If Barack Obama had done half the stuff that this president did, he would have been impeached 170,000 Americans have died due to the coronavirus. Barack Obama would have been impeached when five people died. They would have called for his impeachment. 170,000 Americans died, and people are acting like it's nothing. Do you understand? Are you in shock, America? Are you in shock? Are you shocked? 170,000 Americans have died, not because of war. Not because Russia dared to push a button. And by the way, Russia, I know you're listening. Try. Just come over here and try us. I don't know about the other people, but we got some people out here. You come over here and try us. We're going to show you what a real America looks like and what it feels like. Come over here, dude. Try your best and come over here. We're waiting for you because we know you wanted to do this. And we know there are some people who encourage you to do this. So come over here and try us. We are here. Because you ain't going to take my country away. Do you understand what I'm saying? If the things that this president did, if Barack Obama had done them, he would have been impeached. That's racism. It's like people are like, oh, he ain't a bother to me. He ain't doing it to me. 170,000 people died from a virus, not from an act of war, not from a catastrophe or a weather phenomena. But because one person just decided that this, it was not signed. I was on Twitter yesterday, and I, I, somebody, I, I need to unfollow him. I've been following him for years because I like this content. But he said something that was just ridiculous. I don't have any time for the ridiculousness of it. I don't have time for it. You see what I mean? I don't have time for it. He said that, uh, he said that the virus is a hoax, and it is here for big money. And I'm like, 170,000 people died. People in my hometown died from the virus. So you can say, well, they had pre-existing conditions, structured racism in healthcare. But if the virus hadn't happened, these, they had those pre-existing conditions prior to the virus. If the virus hadn't happened, they wouldn't have died. So tell me again where the virus is a fake. He still continued to say. And you're like, I'm going to unfollow him. I'm like, dude, I've been following this guy for almost since about 2010. And now, I don't have time for that foolishness. I don't have time for the, the, the ridiculousness of the stuff. We're tired. We're tired. 
and we're doing something about it. I'm tired of seeing black women who are not CEOs and who are more capable. I'm tired of seeing black women with their education not advancing because you want to pillar them and put them on a, on a, on a cross and nail them to a cross just because of this color of their skin. I'm tired of it. You ain't better than me. What makes you think you are better than me? First of all, I speak standard English, if that is the standard, because they like to say that. You remember when that was a thing, that black people couldn't speak English? Do you all remember that? That was the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. Black people don't have education. Well, we disproved that. Black people don't have money. Well, Mr. Allen Media has uh, access to $10 billion in capital, so... How does that go? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So tell me again, where is it? What all the differences that over time generations have said this is why. And when all is failed, they used the Bible. They went to the Bible to justify racism. It now it, it is now quite apparent to the rest of us that you are just racist to the core. So you're using every means at your disposal to justify your own stand because you hate one group of people based on their color. That is why the ERA never got ratified. Your hatred of black people in the personification of black women, not affording protections under the ERA, is due to racism. Every white woman who is a politician should not enjoy the vote of a black person. No, because you are part of the system that let this happen. So for all of you who like to say you're Republican in Republican states, and you have some of these people running around who need re-election, you should really seriously consider that. I love when folks say they have black friends. I love it. I'm like, really? Do you talk about your white friends like that? Do you say I have white friends? Or do you just say I'm multi-faceted, multi-ethnic individual who appeals to everyone? Don't get me started. Let me read you some statistics. Yeah, we're running out of time. The ERA was first approved in 1972 and still hasn't been signed into law. Check this out. White women earn 79 cents for every dollar a white man earns. You want to know how much a black woman earns? A black woman earns 40, is 47% of the workforce. And in 25 states, black women make 47 to 67 cents compared to what a white man makes. 50% of women in STEM fields leave due to a hostile work environment. Black women are paid 62 cents for every dollar a white man makes. You understand now why they won't ratify the ERA. The median income, women median, the median income is not, women earn $9,766 less than men. The women's pay gap in Wyoming is 30.9% than what a man makes. In Louisiana, it's 30.8%. California is the highest. 
California trends the lowest. So the difference between what a woman earns and a man earns in California is only 12.2%. As usual, California, they do things different out there. This thing got to me where in 25 states, black women make 47 to 67 cents what a white man makes. You think I'm crazy, right? You think that this is not something. You want to read it state by state? Okay. In Texas, number of black women working full-time year-round is half a million. The median wages for black women in Texas, and this is a 2018 study, is 37969 The median wages for white non-Hispanic men is 65000 In Texas, a black woman earns $0.58 cents to the dollar a white man makes. Broken down state by state. In Georgia, there are over 500. The number of women counted in the study was over half a million. The median wages for black women in Georgia where they don't want to wear masks and the governor doesn't want this, doesn't want that, and where they kick Stacey Abrams out of being governor. The median income for black women in Georgia is 35192 The median income for white non-Hispanic men in Georgia is 57000 The wage gap is 22000 Oh, my God. It gets better. It is getting better. In New York... The median income for black women is 42000 The median income for non-Hispanic white men is 67000 The gap is 24000 Our favorite state, Florida. The median income for black women in Florida is 31631 The median income for white non-Hispanic men is 52000 The wage gap is 20000 Jesus. Take the wheel. It just gets better. And and, and you want to see how it is worse in red states. Let's look at Alabama, for instance. The median income for black women is 30579 The median income for non-Hispanic white men is 52000 The wage gap is $21,000. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? So the study concludes that in 25 states, Black women make 47 to 67 cents. It is ridiculous. Right? It is totally ridiculous. And yet, here we are. We are unable to get the Equal Rights Amendment ratified in the, in, into law because a Republican-led Senate does not believe in the empowerment of black women. What do they think that we're going to ever revert to a stage where black women are your maids so you can have sex? You can rape us in the kitchen. Hmm? And while we're ironing your clothes and pull out the ironing board, you can get your feel on and slap us on the butt as we walk past. And our daughters are just another generation for you to just rape and have sex with. And, and hey, Matilda, you just bring your daughter around here. I need her to go clean my shoes. You think that that's what you're going to get? These are the realities of what slavery was and enslavement of black people were. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know because you grew up hearing the oral history passed down by your generation. They did tell you that this is what it was. They did tell you that this is what it was like. We're not ever going back to that. Understand that. We're never, ever going back to that. We don't, 
there doesn't have to be a black president in the White House, but we will elect one if we have to again. But we're never, ever going back to that. Pick another group. Pick another group. And by the way, you're not going to do it to anybody on our watch. Black women are, edu- are the most educated minority group and are the least represented in corporate structures. We're never in leadership. We're not mentored. We're ignored. Our ideas are swapped and taken and go used and broadcasted. We never get the credit for it. We're pushed out all the time. Our positions are always the ones that are pushed out. Just a few uh, years ago, a black woman was doing a research study on how laser can cure cancer or stop cancer. And she could not get funding, even though she was attached to a major university. And I have a friend who is a Republican, and I asked her. I put it out there, and she took objection to it because she felt she should. And then she eventually notified me that the woman got funding from other black, rich black people who said, we're going to fund your research because laser can stop cancer. And I'm like, of course it can. If laser can burn out fat and burn out lines in your face, of course it can burn out a cancer lump. (laughs) I'm, I'm like, you don't need anything else. But we understand that the way the system is structured, they want you to get sick from cancer because they bill your insurance company. And not only do they bill your insurance company, they also make sure that they bill, they pay, you know, the system is designed, the hospitals and everybody bills the insurance companies for the treatment. They don't care. Your life doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to them. I kid you not. These are the factors that influence all of us. So when we go, this is why, when we organize and mobilize, we organize around who is going to be best for us. And black women will continue to be educated. Black men will continue to be educated. We are going to lead our our, our race out of this and our people out of this. The unfairness that has been attributed to us is unfair because we didn't do anything to deserve it just by our existence. My daughter was saying this morning we were talking about how there was a CNN report in which a former DHS chief of staff who worked under the Trump administration uh, was saying that people are afraid to speak out because they're afraid. And I'm like, what, what are they afraid of? I'm like, what is the fear? What are you afraid of? I said, this is America. What is he going to do, come kill you all off if you speak out? Like, seriously, what is the fear? And my daughter said, Mom, you got to understand that white people are not used to struggle. The mere suggestion that they would be separated from an income stream is enough to get them in a tizzy because they would know how to handle it. And she said, meanwhile, here are black women educated, And we have to fight this every day in the workplace, fight sexism, fight racism, fight microaggressions, fight no support, the uncertainty of going to work every day and knowing that you could be the one who is fired the most, but they will keep the white person who has no qualification. I'm here for it. I know of a law firm in which a young black woman is working and she's treated like crap. Meanwhile, they have white attorneys in there who haven't even passed the bar who don't even have a license to practice law, but they're pretending that they're attorneys and being paid as an attorney and treated like one. But they wouldn't do that to the black woman who has the actual law degree and who is actually an attorney. Are you kidding me? The inequality just jumps out. The xenophobia, the misogyny, the hatred of women and the hatred of black women. We have to come up with a term for that. 
like seriously. We, we need to coin a special term for how our society pillories and hates black women. White women have multiple children by multiple men all the time. They go from one husband to the other. They have two or three husbands, two or three children with different last names. But they're not called baby mamas. Whether they're celebrities or they're just ordinary women, they're not called baby mamas. White women are also on the dole. They're on welfare. They're not called baby mamas. They're in the trailer parks or wherever they live. They're not described and demeaned in, in, public, by, in public spaces by the media. They're not torn down. They're seen as a savior and a messianic figure in society. Meanwhile, black women are called baby mamas for the same, same reasons. Black women have men because that's what men do. They come and they tell you, you're a woman, you have a vagina, they want it. They tell you all kinds of things. A baby comes out and it's your fault that you got pregnant. It's never his fault too. Like he didn't know he could have put a, put a condom on. But a white woman does it and it's not a problem. She's not called a baby mama. She's just called a mother trying to raise her children. A black woman is a, is a this and a that. Crack ran through the black community in the 1970s and the 1980s. There wasn't a national call to action. But white kids decided that in, in the middle class and upper middle class homes decide they want to take the drugs their parents make because they want to hide. And all of a sudden, it's a national call to action. Meanwhile, in the black community, babies are born from crack. We didn't do anything about the addictions that black women face or had. Nobody cares. I read a report yesterday on CNN that says that black babies, after a while I shut the media, I just shut it down. I couldn't do anymore. I kid you not. That black babies born and treated by white doctors are three times more likely to die in childbirth. Uh, 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 seriously, infant mortality rate is unbelievable. Black babies are three times more likely to die if they're treated by white doctors. If black babies are treated by black doctors, they will survive. But newborns are three times more likely to die if they're treated by black doctors than white doctors. And you want to tell me there isn't something wrong with that as a society, as a group, that there isn't something seriously wrong with that? Ladies and gentlemen, we got to stop. <laughs> the Equal Rights Amendment has to go on. Women work in 70% of server positions in restaurants and earn 79% what men earn. Hello. I'm again, women. Women work in 70% of server positions in restaurants and make 79% of what men earn. Unbelievable. You know, I have two daughters, and I thought the world would be a better place. And I look at my daughters, and sometimes you have to ask yourself, what are they going to face? Are they going to be subject to the same misogyny and racism? And as a parent, it hurts. Because these are forces that it seems like I tried to stop it at my generation, but I can't believe it's going to happen to my children. And when you look at it from that perspective, it changes you. It, it, it motivates you to want to wreak change and to make sure 
that people's minds are changed based on what you are experiencing. I wrote a book, Through the Fire. It's available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Here it is. Do you see me? I say this all the time. Do you see me on CNN talking about violence against, ending violence against women and the impacts of violence in the workplace? They got, why, what kind of violence do they know? When their husband says, honey, I don't want you anymore because I like the 12-year-old down the street, that's violence. Let me tell you what it is like to walk in my skin. Not only do I face violence in the workplace, I face violence in the, in the, in the doctor's office. I face violence at home. I face violence at the bank. I face violence in the courthouse. As a black woman, I face violence everywhere. The kind of violence that I'm subjected to is physical, emotional, mental, wears me down, tears me down, and I have to pass those microaggressions and trauma onto the next generation. My children, my offspring are going to be subject to the same thing. This is why when white women complain, I sit back and I'm like, seriously, you have a problem? Like, seriously, what is your problem? What kind of problems can you have? And white men, you don't even realize that when you dismiss what I say, that that is a form of microaggression. No, the attention is not on you. That story has rewound. It's 2021 almost. It's a new era. It's a new day, and we're going to make sure that this day and time is modified and significant for us and for our generations to come. We are not going to pass from the earth without significant change being effected and implemented so that the lives of women, black women and children and women of color will be impacted. Women of color everywhere, women of color who are scientists and engineers, I'm sick and tired of not seeing them in the national spotlight and in the national spaces because they are eminently qualified, they have a contribution to make, they have the answers, they're not given the research, they're on college campuses as research assistants when they have three, four degrees and are more educated, more validated, more exposed than their white counterparts, but they are mistreated. I'm tired of seeing black women who are not tenured professors, but are given the position of a junk professor and paid $27,000 a year despite having doctoral degrees. I'm tired. I am tired. I am sick and tired. And this is a roll call and a sounding lion to every woman of color to rise up and stand up and not just defend this democracy, but we must get the ERA protections that we must have, we must get equal pay for equal work. If I am a scientist, I should be paid just like a man because it takes the same brain to work this. It takes the same brain to come up with solutions that will impact populations forever. We must rise up. We cannot sit back. I know we're tired. Yes, I am tired. I talk about this. I've been talking about this since two 2009, it's 2020, and we're still talking about it. I am going to talk and talk and sound the alarm until we get to the place where black women, women of color, Asian women, South Asian women, and all women of color, Latina women, we are all going to be represented. We are all going to receive equal pay for equal work. Women who work as maids 
and housekeeping in hospitals and the hospitality industry. You are going to be paid. We're going to work for it. Women who work as servers in restaurants who are derided and slapped on and mistreated while having to figure out childcare, while having to figure out how do I continue my education, you are going to be paid. You are important. You are validated because I said so. A society that won't recognize you, I said so. We are going to make this change. My name is Harriet Kimmer. This has been Down to Earth. Join me again next time on Down to Earth. You can listen to my stories on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever your favorite podcast platform is heard. Go to my website, HarrietKemmerick.com. Thank you so much for joining me. Get my book, Through the Fire. We're still walking through it. I thought it was after the fire. I found out we're still walking through the fire. Get this book. It's going to help you. It's going to empower you. It's listed as a self-help book on Amazon. Thank you so much for your time today. Have a great day. Be blessed, everybody. Thanks so much, everyone.